this episode of The Full Nerd, Vaze's new sheriff is in town. Mm. And AMD Dragon Range CPU. Welcome to episode 215 of The Full Nerd. I am your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Adam Patrick Murray is uh, controlling you vertical and horizontal today. Uh, I'm, I'm here. Things are good. Gordon, I want to give you a quick update. I, I know I mentioned this, um, I think it was last week, I uh, mentioned talking about messing around with... Uh, Switching from Adobe Premiere Pro to DaVinci Resolve, uh, I've, I've been watching some cool tutorials from uh, Casey Ferris. Okay. Uh, wh- what are you doing over there, Gordon? I'm just starting my stopwatch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this will be quick. Uh, you know, some, so, yeah. You know what? It's pretty cool. I've, I've, I've poked around a little bit. I haven't fully edited anything yet, but, uh, like... This is pretty damn awesome. Like, no, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm I, digging it so far. Look, Adam, I, I, I really, really hope that, uh, and all the best of luck to, to Blackmagic to have major success in this category. You know, Adobe is definitely in this field where it doesn't really have any real competition among uh, customers, among consumers, among professionals among businesses i mean if you're on a mac a lot of a lot of people are on final cut if you're on a mac yeah but that's you know that's i, I know. mean Wait, that's but. a fairly small I, i've been most of the people there are also using um adobe products there so of i course, yeah. you know you have to have real competition and the problem with final cut again is that's only mac only that's on mac island true doesn't doesn't push any improvements on the pc side so i, I do wish uh black magic really really luck here because i I like competition is good for all you know adobe could really use some competition um and uh i'm setting my stopwatch because i bet within three months you're like yeah that experiment is gonna be over (laughs) i was like it's cool but this i like this but this that's i mean that's the it's the it's it's the unfortunate problem we have is we live in windows windows is simply the default operating system for all consumers everywhere and nothing has ever succeeded anywhere else on the PC. I mean, I wish it would, but we're not there yet. It's not worth it enough for people to make that jump, unfortunately, for Linux and for BOS, which, you know, it's an old... <laughs> I ran BOS on a dual Pentium 2 400 machine. It was awesome. But well, one of the things uh, that I did find interesting, I, I don't know the full difference, but uh, the free version, because there's a free version and a paid version, I think it's like 350 or something like that. The free version actually is pretty damn feature complete. So, I mean, if you think about, you know, what's one of the two complaints that a lot of people have about Premiere? One is bugginess, you know, whatever. <laughs> two is the price. People are like, oh, man, can I really pay that much, you know, per month? And what you're getting in the free version of DaVinci is actually pretty cool. Like, like there's definitely shot. something to be, yeah. So it's just like, you know, yeah. So try it out with me, you know, see what you think, uh, you know. But I, I know, I mean, hey, Keith, our, you know, our, our very own PC World's Keith May, he's edited on DaVinci Resolve for years now. He's, uh, yeah, he, he loves a lot it. of folks have. It's been coming up big. No, and I, that's why I really hope, because this is one of the things where you get large companies, they get, um, a majority share i'm not going to say monopoly a majority share of a market and, and you get lazy and that's normal because you, you if you're in charge of this company and you're looking at the money and then you got the pain in the butt engineering says like hey we need to do this we need to do that and they're like oh that's going to cost me more money i'm like hell no i'm not going to do that you know they're going <laughs> to shareholders want their money back that's mm-hmm, that's how mm-hmm. it always works right so yeah. 
I I hope it works. I hope it works. But right. I started my stopwatch because I bet within three months you'd be like, yeah. Right. I'm just I'm we'll just see. saying. Mark we'll that. See. Mark that. We'll see. Well, um, you know who else wants their money back? People who bought monitors that that didn't work right. Is that? No? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, then it's an interesting segue. What's the problem it's with a, monitors? It's a it's a okay high edge. refresh or adaptive sync okay. monitors. What's what's oh, the problem? God, sorry, edges. Going crazy, like I mean, that's well. There's your problem. Well, it's because if you download a PDF, I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at the uh, PDF from Visa for the folks at Visa. Um, if you're pronouncing it Visa, it is not Visa. That is the people who uh, charge you. It doesn't change the fact that I'm still going to call it Visa in my head. Yeah, well, it's well, very well, hard right. to. So these are the people who who made the mount for my monitor, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing is like when people go like, oh, a vase mount. Well, that's, that's the mount. That's that. They, it's, that's basically the standard that, like, you know, the, and, you know, the problem is all companies want to do it their own way. There's no standards. And then you have basically, you know, proprietary mounts or everything. And many, many years ago, Vesa standardized the mount for monitors. That's probably what they're best known for, which is kind of crazy because DisplayPort is, is DisplayPort a different working group? I forget, but. There's so many things that come out of the, the visa uh, folks. But the the big news that broke uh, earlier this week, I think it was Monday, you can go to PCWorld.com, read uh, coverage by Mark Hawkman, is that they're going to make a new logo, basically, for monitors. Oh, uh, that's what we need, a new logo. It's the VESA certified <laughs> adaptive sync. So eventually, once this program gets rolling... You will be able to go to the store or look at a laptop or look at desktop and go like, hey, this is a VESA certified adaptive sync display 144. Wait, so is this a, another kind of adaptive sync, like FreeSync or G-Sync? No, what it really is, is they are setting, they're actually going to be testing. They they talked about this. Um, and by the way, for people who, who always want to hate on Intel, Intel was a big driver on driving this new standard. Uh, in fact, the person, the main contact... The workgroup chair is from Intel because Intel, by the way, does uh, is is a tie that a lot of the boats on the PC are, are right on. And they basically are doing a whole bunch of different tests for Flickr for to make sure that video looks better on a on a, on a VESA Veda certified media sync monitor. So they're going to check for uh, jitter and they're also going to check that the adaptive sync is actually working. To a certain spec. And the big difference is uh, G-Sync and FreeSync already exist, but they're closed proprietary things. So nobody knows how they're actually tested unless you have knowledge of that inner working. So the idea here is to take it, make it an open standard. So much like display HDR, standardized HDR monitors uh, is the idea. Like, you know, you know what you're getting we verified what's on the box actually works how it's supposed to. Because you remember that was an issue with a bunch of the early FreeSync monitors. It's like, okay, this one comes out. Yes, it supports FreeSync, but it only supports FreeSync from a 45 frames per second to a 60 frames per second window or stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. This is looking to drag everything out into the open and verify that what you're getting is what you bought. Yeah, and um, they basically set some parameters. Like for our testing, um, Vase is going to look at the monitor, and it's like it's got to be out of the box. You you cannot, you know, a lot of the one of the complaints that um, Nvidia had took against a lot of the early FreeSync monitors was like, you know, a lot of these monitors they said FreeSync, you bought them, 
and they, it was off. It, like it was actually off. He had to go. He had to dive into the UI to turn it on. And for an advanced uh, customer, not a problem. The vast majority of people that just go buy a monitor, there's there's no variable sync because basically it's off. They're saying it's got to be tested out of the box. Yeah. And there's no overclocking. There's no other features. So we will tell you because that's what most consumers will be running it at. Um, we're going to be testing out of the box modes, and they're going to be de- uh, twenty what grade to grade transitions. I'm looking for I, I, for some reason I can't find the slide slide of all the different. Huh? Did they not send that? Flicker. They're testing for flicker. They're testing for gray to gray measurements. Huh? But they I don't see the slide here. Maybe I forgot it. Oh, the other going to be good. They're also going to be testing the refresh rate, the adaptive sync across different refresh rates by uh, testing on refresh rates up and down in like a sine wave kind of pattern, like a zigzag test, a bunch of different ways to make sure that it actually works across the whole range that it's supposed to. Yeah, it's uh, it, it sounds actually fairly stringent, the things they will be testing on. And they're again, yeah, they're, they're running different multiple uh, sine wave patterns on it to make sure it, it works. They're working on, uh, let's see, let's look at the... The flicker testing. So they're going to be looking at flicker testing, uh, flicker at 23.976, 24, 25, 29, 30, 47, 9. There's a whole bunch of, it's like 10 different uh, refresh rates. They're basically making sure that that uh, monitor will actually display video without this kind of weird hitches and, and jitter. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, so there's a sine wave test. Uh, there's a zigzag test. There's a random full random the, full random frequency test from minimum to max. There's a square wave test. So, and you know, again, this is not this is not hobby level testing they're going to be doing. It, it will actually be uh, testing using extremely expensive lab equipment. So, not the kind of stuff I can afford. Well, and, and that's what I was going to ask. So, what, remind me, what's the name of the Nvidia's? The, G sync. G-Sync compatible? No, 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 yeah, the, the G-Sync compatible, where they're doing the testing on FreeSync ones, right? Yeah. Is, is that, uh, so I, I remember at least when they had talked about it, it was like, oh, this is a big endeavor. You know, like we're, we're, we're putting a lot of money behind this because we care kind of thing. Like, this isn't going to be cheap for them either. Why, why are they getting into this? Like, this is a standards body? Like, how- Yeah, no, and that was actually the, the, the one thing I was very interested in. I did the briefing along with Mark, and I was kind of like, why would you want to make it harder for your essentially – your your user base so their user base for vesa is not necessarily consumers it is the people who make the panels mm-hmm. why would you want to make it harder to, why would you make make it harder for these monitors and their feelings like look we just want to make a premium uh so you don't have to meet this right you don't have to meet these uh vesa certified you know adaptive sync you don't have to have that sticker you don't have to have the certified media sync thing but if you want to go through the extra testing to slap that sticker on that monitor uh you can now and they basically want to do it in i think is a nice way as possible because what this does is it allows people who make better panels that can hit at least these standards specs they can put that logo on. They can put that sticker on the box. For the rest of the free sync, adaptive sync people who like, you know, it's an $85 monitor. I'm not going to go through all that. They're just going to sell it. It just won't have that. So they're basically letting, and I get it because I, I, I was saying, you know, as we've known, uh, free sync, adaptive sync has been a wild west since the beginning, right? Because it was just, yep. uh, let's be honest, monitor makers, they just want the sticker on their box. They really 
I'm, I'm saying that in an unkind way because when you're looking at a, at a low margin, high volume part, you just want that sticker. If it's going to sell you at a high, if you're making a high end monitor, that's different. But a lot of the, the cheaper monitors, they just need the sticker. And it, it was a mess because you got people that they thought the sticker meant something. And, you know, like NVIDIA pointed out uh, to its advantage that, you know, they didn't even have these features turned on in the monitors. So they're basically making it so people who do care. So if you do want to market a higher end monitor with a, you know, a, a display 144 sticker on there, you can do that and you don't have to. So it doesn't, it doesn't piss off everybody with their lousy monitor. But it also gives consumers a way to go like, hey, this laptop or this monitor I'm going to buy on this store has this this logo. It must be good because they've tested it, right? That's Well, so, but, but back to my original question. So if they're getting all this equipment, doing all this testing, trying to, you know, push other monitor manufacturers to, you know, to, to, to be up to spec, this got to mean there's got to be a price increase, right? Like... They didn't get into the price increase. Um, I, I don't necessarily mean, I, and again, remember, so the problem with it is it's been such a, it's been a wild west because it basically had a free sync or adaptive sync sticker on the box. You didn't know what the hell that meant, right? It could have been you know. the absolute worst. You know, it all told you was like it has the sticker. It could have been the worst one to the best one. And there was a very wide range. This lets the people who are in the higher end let people know like hey our monitor is actually very good because it it'll do all these things yeah well i mean but it, i don't know and maybe this is just a cynical in me it's like really the people over at vesa did i pronounce that right yeah vesa <laughs> they're really doing this just out of the kindness of their heart no there's got to be a money thing like That's, what do they get out of it other than just like oh we'd want things to be better right well visa is a standards body so they do want things to be better uh that's the whole point is the industry working together to make things better uh and also, this, like, early FreeSync adaptive sync monitors really were a Wild West. And they still are to some degree once you get down under $150 or so. And even still, some of the ones above it. So this is just, if you want to pay up for the certification, this will guarantee that it is what it is. I think that kind of openness and the fact that it's all open and you can see what tests they're running and anybody can go apply for it. Like, mm. I think that's great because mm. FreeSync and G-Sync, they're not going to go away. They're still going to stick around. They have additional features on top of this that I'm sure are still going to people are going to want those badges on their monitors as well. But, yeah, open standards around adaptive sync are a good thing, I think. Yeah. And so, I think to help you understand this a little bit there, I know you're like, well, are they going to charge? Like, yeah, I'm sure. Well, they, they got to charge the, the, the monitor maker, the monitor maker to have it certified, but you know, which means not, the monitor maker might bump up the cost. It's not one of those cover, award right? ceremonies where they make money off of you applying to yeah. be in the awards. Well, no, I'm, I'm thinking, is, I'm thinking more like IP ratings, right? You know, like one of the things that one plus always said with their phones, like, Hey, we don't get stuff IP rated, even though it is, would get the certification we don't pay for it because that's how we keep you know some of the cost back is by not paying for that certification uh you know mm, what i mean so it's almost kind of the that, same thing here that one plus was all it used to be about cheap phones and i get why they would play that angle up but me as a buyer of expensive technology i like the idea of having things certified yeah and so there's like they're even doing things like i mean these things sound pretty pretty tough so they're they're going to mm -hmm. be uh, Vesa said, like, look, a lot of monitors, they say, like, they will claim a greater gray of, of you know, whatever, one millisecond or something, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, we've looked at a lot of monitors, and, yeah, they are one millisecond. Um, <laughs> if you use this certain amount of gray and at a certain temperature, 
because interestingly, monitors actually have different response rates uh, based on the temperature. So they're like, you know, we're going to be saying uh, they're going to they're going to be testing gray to gray and they're going to be testing 20 different levels of gray and black, dark gray, mid gray, light gray, white. And they're also going to be doing it with a set ambient temperature. So a lot of monitor ch- makers make cheap like cheat I guess in a way by like saying, oh, it's like 95 degrees or something. I'm pulling that number out of, out of my hat uh, or actually the other end of my body. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're saying that's not, we're going to say you have to be able to hit it at 72.5 degrees to 76. And for people who don't understand freedom numbers, that's 22.5 C and 24.5 C. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it looks like it's like really stringent. And again, that gets back to like, why would you make this hard? And I, I was the same way with you, Adam. I was like, why would you make this hard on, on them? And I think clearly the problem is it is such a mess. A consumer goes out and they, they're not getting the best experience. And NVIDIA can just come in and dunk on them all day, right? I mean, that's what mm-hmm. G-Sync has been dunking on, on FreeSync for several years now, even taking over basically the adaptive sync, you know, marketing in a lot of ways. And I, I think they, they want to be able to have a, a better way to say, hey, this is good stuff. We don't care about the G-Sync. We don't care about the FreeSync stuff. And the monitor will do this. You get the logo, you buy it, and it just at least makes it better because a lot of people were just buying based on that sticker, and the sticker didn't do much. It's it, Again, it's very much uh, like power supply standards, right? Power supply standards basically tell you efficiency, and that's it. Efficiency at five different steps, <laughs> and that's it. Well, the, the, the a follow-up question that I have for that, I, I, I have some questions from the chat, too, some good ones uh, I'll get to in a second, but... For me, then that means that potentially you could go into the store and see th- three labels on one monitor, a, uh, a, a G-Sync compatible, a Visa, whatever they're calling theirs, and a FreeSync compatible sticker. Like so, I don't think that ever happens. <laughs> I think you might see two. You might see the Visa one as well as, or Visa one, as well as FreeSync or G-Sync. But oh, okay. even today, you don't see FreeSync and G-Sync on the same thing. I have a feeling Uh-oh. that part of their certification process is you're doing this for either or. So do you think then this will mean NVIDIA is going to back off of their G-Sync compatible ones? No. Not no. whatsoever. So, okay. No, because they're, they're – I mean, that G-Sync compatible was as, was a master class on how to take over yeah. my share. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, again, FreeSync and G-Sync offer benefits above and beyond what this offers. Like, sure. if you look yeah. at a FreeSync premium panel, it means you have to hit X – brightness you have to you know all this other stuff you need to have anti-ghosting things and effects stuff like that that's still the same thing with g-sync and FreeSync both so and those so, will still be around so you will see so the one example i don't know if you want to show the logos from uh, that slide oh, slide you four you, you didn't send it yeah yeah it's in the it's in the chat i sent it like yesterday oh oh the whole pdf okay. yeah i didn't send uh, it you want to uh, no, I, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So I'm going to describe it for audio listeners anyway, but it says, you know, VASA certified adaptive sync. And then it says in a box, display 144. Display 144 is just simply an example. If you have a 360 monitor, it might say 360. It might say, you know, uh, other other um, refresh rates. The one thing, though, I thought was a hole in all this is they don't display – and. For most people like me, I want to know what the actual um, adaptive sync range is because, you know, that is very important. A lot of the monitors have very, very narrow um, sync rates. Um, 
basically what? I, what's a typical one, Brad? You, you might you might have yeah. adaptive sync, but it might be from like I don't know, forty five frames per second to seventy or something. Yeah, like so that. very extremely narrow, so that it doesn't apply. And for people who are are new to this concept, the whole idea is you want the output from the GPU to sync up with the display of the frames on the screen, the refresh rate, so it's synchronized. But if that refresh range is so narrow that your GPU is often outside it, it it feels it felt kind of weird. Whereas one of argument of G Sync, whatever it's called these days, premium, super duper ultra, is it was everything from one to you know one forty four, one to three sixty. So that was a negative. Vesa said, "Yeah, we're not we're not asking monitor." makers to display the uh the sync range which i think would be good frankly for consumers but maybe i would agree it probably would confuse a lot of people but i wish there was something where they would put that on the box so we could see that um they are saying they will test minimum of 60 so you have to do 60 hertz up to whatever your max refresh is. So if it's 60 to 144 they will test that range and there is actually a specific i think range they're saying at least 2x so you at least have to have 2x base, so 60 hertz. So it has to at least give you 60 to 100, right, to 120, 60 to 120. So um, and well, Whatever the number says on the box, they validated the entire working refresh range up until that point. Yeah, but they do not um, get into the lower. And arguably, mm-hmm. I think that is one weakness because that's mm-hmm. probably where you want the most, right? If you're yep. pushing 300 frames a second, you're probably not really hurting that much. But it's when you're pushing 30, 45, 50 frames a second, you need those yeah. lower refresh rates. Some of these. That was one of the big wins for G Sync, actually, because if you remember FreeSync when it first came out, all of the, or a lot of the FreeSync monitors, aside from the ultra premium ones, they wouldn't have, FreeSync would shut off under 45 frames per second or under 30 frames per second, whereas G Sync would just work the whole time. Yeah. So. And that's, and then that's because, you know, G Sync with the actual hardware G Sync would you would sync everywhere from one to one or whatever yep. the max refresh rate was. So that's, that's, and you know, again, NVIDIA perfect example. They don't, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They are doing testing. They're doing certification. And by the way, we want money for our logo on your box. So, um, that's the advantage of it. Mm. Well, one of the things that the, this makes me think of too, is that, you know, I, I've ta- talked with people before who are not deep into it. Like we are, especially people who are, you know, just, either wanting to build a pc or you know buy a monitor kind of thing and and one of the things that i have heard a lot is that oh i was looking at the monitor and it had a sticker that said nvidia i have an nvidia gpu i should get this one right you know what i mean so like that that's the other thing i worry about is that like more normies they're not going to know what vesa is you know they're they're probably going to look at an nvidia sticker or an amd sticker uh, and just be like oh I have that GPU. I guess I, I need to get that one. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you there because you know, Nvidia is not the they, they have not held on to seventy to eighty percent of the market share for the last forever because they have they have no idea what they're doing. Um, and I do think their brand is 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 worth its weight in platinum. So yes, that that is valuable. But I also think it can't hurt because this is a new thing we're seeing now, and there probably are going to be some other. You know, it'll be associated mostly with better monitors, better panels, and sort of yeah. the run-of-the-mill stuff. So that that can help it in the long run. It's a long slog. I agree with you. It's it's tough though not to have a tied to a GPU maker. But I mean, it's a it's a education thing, right? You know, maybe we should do a video on that. You know, uh, I don't know when. So when when is this all coming out? 
Well, I think it's starting to roll out now, but um, you know, you would imagine you're going to see monitors with this new sticker um, this year, and then also the MediaSync. You know, it depends on what they're 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 choosing uh, to test for. So, you know, I, it's funny to me though because I I have a heart. I'm like you actually really get jitter watching video on a monitor, but I guess I I don't. Maybe it's it's clearly an issue for some people, especially with these weird. These weird refresh rates for media that that yeah. are out there. <laughs> but if you're hardcore into uh, yeah watching media at high fidelity on your PC, look for that media sync logo in the future. Uh, Mark's article on the new Visa standards gets way into it. It's there's a lot of numbers involved. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I you know this is something you got to. This is a good move. I, I'm going to point out this quote that they have on their on one of their PowerPoints, like, is it fair to cherry pick the single best result tested at abnormally high temperatures with overdrive level so high is to make the images horrible? We think not. It's, mm-hmm. it's just weird to see sort of the, that, you know, the, the standards group actually come out and try to make things to work, to make people do things a little better, you know, for everybody. So, mm-hmm. but it is a good thing. Right. Yeah. No, uh, you know, yeah, I I might sound like I'm a, a little cynical on it, but no, I mean it is a good thing, you know, having having something that that is like, hey, you know what, we tested it, um, you know, and as long as you trust them, it's like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, no, and I think it it is because I I frankly could not understand why you do that because a lot of these organizations they're just they're there to make sure people don't they will definitely they're like NBA refs like it's I can't be blind to that one you know there's like but you got to be like you got to really really do something bad but they don't never see nothing right because that's not their job and sorry I guess NFL refs are the same way too you know yep (laughs) I I think you know they realize you know the for the brand to actually have value value these stickers actually have to mean something because yeah. it has for a lot of monitor makers. They're just, I've been the margins on panels are just horrible. They just mm. want to put a sticker on that maybe gets a consumer to buy their, their monitor over brand B. So mm. that's, that's all that matters to a lot of people. So this is good. Yeah. Well, uh, before we move on, I do have a couple uh, things from the chat. Uh friend of the show, Eek 44 uh, gave us 89 Danish crown. Thank you so much. I was just about to say 44. I'm just so used to seeing 44. Mm. That said 89. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, and said V-Sync, E-Sync, free sync just call it what it is it's a sink you know yeah there you go the kitchen sink approach it's the kitchen sink approach uh also uh new tech had a question that i needed a little bit of clarification on vignesh helped chime in said uh i think what new tech is asking is uh what tiers of vrr certification vesa is going to have and what labels are going to be associated with those tiers similar to display hdr 400 display hdr 600 are there going to be tiers or is it just one label boom well, it'll be that same label, but with the max refresh. So, um, oh, that, that, okay. So, yeah, like, yep. you see that display, whatever the the logo is that we showed earlier. It'll just be that with whatever the max refresh rate of that panel is. And if it's that does make a big difference for testing too, because a lot of the monitors these days will advertise themselves as say 175 hertz, but out of the box, it only runs 144 hertz, and you can only get to the higher number if you activate those overdrive modes and stuff like that which this doesn't test so it is going to be helpful to have that number on there yeah and then again this is they're like it's got to be out of the box so if they're Mm -hmm. doing those higher higher um refresh rates through overclocking 
it's it's not going to count. They don't get a sticker for that. It's got to be out of the box. So whatever the manufacturers want to, to ship it at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, I think it's I think really it's useful because most people, as much as I love, I wish I had a premium monitor, G-Sync monitor with hardware. I you know I can't afford all that stuff, and a lot of people I know can't afford it. So they and then helping them pick a monitor out, it's like it's a, it's a it's a mess. It is no it is no fun. So I I would like I might take this probably over. To me, I kind of think this sticker might be more valuable over G-Sync compatible because, frankly, G-Sync compatible just means we took mm-hmm. over somebody else's <laughs> <laughs> Well, it means a little bit more than that. But. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, f- funny, my, my brother-in-law, he had pinged me about a monitor recommendation. He was looking for an ultra-wide, but just for work. He doesn't game at all. He was just like, you know what? I can't find an ultra-wide that doesn't have all this, like, gaming crap on it, either by the yep. design or, you know, just like, he's like, I don't need high refresh rate. I just want an ultra-wide. Uh, so that, that oh, was really? kind of Yeah, like he he didn't really find one that... <laughs> yeah, you know, that's... I mean, monitors only skew... I guess there's really three... It feels like there's three buckets for it. There is uh, gamers, which is, of course, mm-hmm. a big, big push because, you know gamers are easy they love monitors so you got gaming monitors you have content creation monitors you know professionals and those are like ultra expensive and then you got the ultra budget people and it feels like there's nothing else for like i'm not an ultra budget person i'm not a gamer and i really do not want to pay for you know a three thousand dollar oled right they just they just want a, a nice wide monitor it feels like you could use one more category yep. in there uh, for and yeah, before we move on, uh, Vignesh is asking a clarification again. Uh, what's the required VRR range for this certification? What was the, uh, the, the minimum range? of sixty to whatever your and double the double sixty? So sixty. If I understand it right, I'm going off my memory, which of course is not that great these days. If I understand it, it's sixty hertz and it has to be two x VRR at so, least. At least. So you're looking at sixty to one twenty minimum. So, but if it's sixty to three sixty, awesome. But there's no minimum. They're not going under sixty. They're not. They're not measuring anything mm. close. They're not mandating that. Kind of a bummer. And that's where FreeSync and G-Sync still come in handy. Yeah, they do mandate those. I, it does. Yeah, I, I'm kind of although kind of thinking like there with you. Uh, how the hell is a consumer going to figure that? Out? I mean, because it. I don't know. We'll have to see how the monitor makers. I suspect this. that once this comes into play, if you're going to want this, you're going to put it on a monitor that will support 30 frames per second plus would be my guess. Like you're not going to go to all this expense and all this trouble to put it on a crappy monitor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because why are you going to send, why are you going to, why are you going to pay to go? I'm sure there's a cost. It's a small cost. Uh, by the way, the certification is not done by, by Vase. It's done by third party labs that, you know, very popular in the industry for doing testing. So. They're not doing it themselves, but those folks don't work cheap. So, and I don't think this is one of those things where you got to pay for your sticker because Vesa is pretty open. They're not, they're not like a independent testing outfits that you put your sticker on there. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, looking at, look, looking at AMD actually has a super handy list of various FreeSync monitors that you can go check. And it looks like a lot of FreeSync monitors are 48 to 75 yeah. or 48 to higher. So, I mean, that's a classic. Like 48 to 75 is like, eh, yeah, I yeah. guess, you know, that's, that's a tight window. And that was a, a lot of the complaints. It's, it's, it's pretty, yeah, not very big. Uh, okay. Speaking of AMD, uh, AMD has some new, new uh, CPU announcements, uh, specifically around the laptop, right? 
Yeah, it came as a bit of a shocker, right? Again, uh, yeah. always on on the spot. Mark Hawkman has a story on PCWorld.com. Go read that. Uh, they were basically talking Ryzen 7000 CPUs um, for high-end gaming desktops, the ultimate processors for gaming rigs. Well, actually, no, they have also. I can't even see the slide. <laughs> Wait, sorry. So, yeah, they're introducing new two new gaming processor lines for laptops uh dragon range is the big one that's going to be in an extreme gaming laptop thicker than 20 millimeters uh so that'll have zen 4 space up zen 4 the same architecture inside ryzen 7000 coming out later this year ddr5 pcie5 and it'll run 55 watts plus uh they're also going to be introducing a sub kind of thing called phoenix that's designed for thin and light gaming laptops under 20 millimeters that's also based on zen 4 that has lp ddr5 and pcie5 uh and those are run 35 to 45 watts yeah and dragon range is the extreme gaming laptop under sub 20 millimeter and then the <clears throat> phoenix is sub 20 for the thin and light gaming so is yep. this, uh, but but this isn't any specific parts. They're not like announcing specific parts. This is just like, hey, we're working on them, right? Yeah, because I mean the the timeline on this is 2023, which by the way, it's it's still 2022. So you gotta you gotta ways to wait. Well, and I feel like a lot still of people 2020 are like 2020 to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I also feel like a lot of people are like, wait, I I still haven't got my hands on the Ryzen 6000. It's all sorts of goodness. Like why why all of a sudden kneecap you and, and start talking about something something else well i you know and the thing is it came as a bit of a like end of their earnings call just kind of like hey by the way uh, how's it going and we're, we're doing these two new uh, laptop cpus um so it wasn't so it was almost it was almost more for investors to like spell out the roadmap more than uh, a formal announcement for gamers yeah and i'm gonna guess that's because there have been a lot there's been lots of talk on intel's hx parts uh, in fact we have seen some laptops announced with a new 12th gen Intel CPU with a 55 watt um, TDP, and that's basically you know probably confirmation of uh, what we're going to see out of a uh, 55 watt Alder Lake uh, laptop CPUs, where they're going to push eight cores, eight performance cores, and eight efficiency cores. So a lot of those are going to be hitting soonish, and I'm sure AMD's like, hey investors, you know. We're doing stuff. This some of this stuff too. We got some high end stuff coming too. So I, I think that's why they would mention it here. They actually made a point of saying that Dragon Range will achieve the highest core thread and cache ever for a mobile gaming CPU. So they're coming out guns blazing. Highest core count? Is that what you mean? Yeah, core count. Wow. Uh, thread performance would be my guess, and cache ever. Yeah, but so the thing is, they said this before. Uh. Alder Lake HX is announced, though, right? Yeah. So does that mean they're saying, oh, actually, no, that, that 16, the, the 8 plus 8 of Alder Lake is, no, that's for that's for chumps. We're going to be pushing, like, <laughs> 24 cores in a laptop? Or is it just like, well, when we announced this, there was no, actually, no 12th gen Alder Lake Kind of like the X3D? <laughs> I am, I'm not sure how to read that one. I What I am confused by are these new code names, because I'm really bad at code names often, but <laughs> previous... Desktop high end was Vermeer, and then you know we're going to see Raphael with Zen uh, Four for desktops. Current Rise Six Thousands or Rembrandt, and that will be replaced with Dragon Range again, as we mentioned earlier, and Phoenix. 
Raphael's an artist, right? Is with dragon yes. rings? No, like, he was a teenage mutant ninja turtle. What? He was a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Is that the what best that teenage is? mutant ninja? I was like, I couldn't figure out what that what that code name is from. Well, that I was mean, the artist. He was an artist, yeah. <laughs> but Wait, more what? importantly, he was a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Are you serious? The teenage mutant ninja turtles were named after artists. Yes, Leonardo, you know Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo. You never knew that. <laughs> I, dude. I, are you kidding? Like, I was not watching Teenage Mutant Tur- Turtles when I was a kid. That was like, we had Scooby-Doo. We didn't have your advanced, oh my God, look at all these frames on this. We had Hanna-Barbera style, let's use the same frame for 10, 25 different frames. And like, it's like, it's like anime. Like, oh wait, except it's not the style of anime. It's because we can't afford to animate it. Are you serious? Dragon Range is seriously... Teenage Mutant. No, no, no. No, Raphael. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. No, but yeah, Dragon yeah. Range. So is there really a Dragon Range? I don't know what artist? Dragon Range is. That's no, what I want to no know. Dragon no. Range. Dragon Range Phoenix have nothing to do with artists. They're totally new. I'm wondering if that means there's like some new branding. So They're okay, beastly. we're we're done with the we're we're done with the painters. Which I mean, for our crowd, I'm sorry. I who's Raphael? I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Most people are like, oh yeah, Donatello. You're right, Mutant. <laughs> it's like the, from the cartoon. It's like no, <laughs> and the and the seminal movies too. Yeah, A famous yeah. painter in the 1400s. Like what? Ninja. I don't understand. Ninja. What's Rap. paint? Uh, <laughs> is that like a fax machine? <laughs> I I'm just yeah I'm just trying to understand the Dragon Ranger <laughs> Phoenix code names. Uh, They're beastly chips. They're going to be beastly chips. They give them beastly names. There you go. I know. I get it. I just <laughs> wanted to know what the you know what the. Sorry. They did, on that note, Rob Halleck did say that with Dragon Range, they're targeting to have both gaming and multi-thread performance leadership. So. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta like take them at their word. We'll see, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see when we get there and when everybody has the cards on the table. But it yeah. sounds like see, they're not, they're targeting. not backing off. It's nice. I'm interested though because <laughs> putting an eight core, eight core. Uh, Alder Lake into a like gaming desktop seems like that's like full on DTR definitely you're full on <laughs> DTR desktop and it feels like AMD's like okay we're gonna get into these I kind of wonder if we're gonna get back to like monster laptops again because of, but mm-hmm. you know they're saying sub twenty though sub twenty is for Phoenix uh, Dragon Range is over oh 20. you're right over twenty oh yeah that little arrow that's what it means so over twenty mm-hmm. millimeter mm-hmm. yeah it feels like we're gonna get full on back to uh, monster laptop wars. You know, well, if there's an MSI G76 Raider uh, with a <laughs> well, Raider was not is actually not even like MSI used to have their Titan line, uh, like you know, Alienware had that yeah. Area 51M. You just had these like big, burly, you know, that 10 pound laptop range. It's just monster, monster power. I kind of wonder if we're going to get back to that that kind of like phase within uh, the next year because hmm. the push has been to go thin. Well, and I don't and, mind it. Why not both? Like, now that they've gotten so good at power efficiency right. and we can have such good things and such small, tiny things, you might as well. Because there are a lot of more people shooting videos and creating YouTube videos and stuff on the road while they're working and stuff like that. So why not have these bigger, badass desktop replacement laptops come back? Yeah. Or, and you know, you could also say maybe this is because of Apple. You know, M1 Max, well, although M1 Max, it is not the power efficient, you know, it apparently is not the it's not an M1. M1 Max is not an M1 in in the 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 sipping of the power. Um but I do wonder it's like you know what we're probably not going to beat Apple in efficiency even for the M1 Max it is is a power hog in the in the M1 universe 
but it's still gonna it's still gonna beat us in power efficiency. Let's screw that. We'll, we're just gonna go up and we'll, off, well, you may be more efficient, but we'll offer twice your performance. Kind of like we're just gonna run away from you. And you know, frankly, if you're running a DTR 17 inch laptop, that's eight pounds. What are you pulling this out and you know at, in the, at the cafe and sipping your coffee? We're doing that. No, this mm-hmm. is like you doing work, portable workstation, basically. Uh. Well, Liam in Wales, real quick, said, uh, do you think they're using fire names like Dragon and Phoenix uh, because they're going to run hot? <laughs> AMD's actually been doing really, really well with this power efficiency, both for CPUs and GPUs. They've been getting a lot better in this last generation or two have been yep. big improvements. And I know they're still looking to keep the pedal to the metal on that front as well. So I, I would doubt that they run hot. But we'll have to see how hard they push it. It's weird, too, right? Because you would think... I. I don't know if they're going to run hot and they have, you know, Rise 6000 has been stupid, stupendously just like cool, quiet, but it feels like maybe they got to go all out for performance too, because again, and then the weird thing is you have this sort of three-way race because even though the Mac is not a PC, it, it draws so much gravity to it. It sort of makes them like, okay, we now have to like, okay, maybe we have to care about, um, how loud the laptop is fan noise Mm -hmm. where, it feels like for the last few years, everybody's kind of thrown fan noise to, we don't care. We, we, we know the only thing reviewers care about, unfortunately, is bigger number, bigger bar, better. We win at that. A lot of time, the audio has not been uh, important. I mm. wonder if that's going to change a little bit now. That whole math has changed a little bit because, you know, you use an M1 Max. It's actually fairly quiet, I guess. You know, M1s mm. are, of course, stupendously quiet, but I've noticed on a couple laptops I've seen, they have been really, really tuned to run quietly, like 11th gen parts that like these, these talk like it's, <laughs> it was like, this is actually a really quiet laptop and it. It feels like, okay, now we've never cared about it before. Cause we always want to be, have the biggest bar be the top of the chart, but now we have to care about, you know, audio. So let's, let's uh, not audio, but acoustics. Let's, let's crank down the, this crank, let's work on our fan noise too. Yeah. Uh, another thing that, that this kind of, <clears throat> makes me think of is the um uh when when they mentioned the larger cache you know we had, we didn't really talk about it with the x3d part but i wonder if maybe having that that stacked cache is better in a laptop design because i mean it, you know most people aren't going to overclock you know the a, a laptop cpu and obviously you know it's it's not designed to be overclocked anyway but also a lot of laptops are 1080p still, you know, I mean, or mm-hmm. not still, but like that's a majority of yeah. the laptops. 1440p is kind of starting to get in there too. 4K in a laptop is overkill anyway. So maybe a stacked cache thing, they tested it on the desktop, but actually it's meant for more laptop. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because most of them are still 1080p. You really do have to, especially gaming focused laptops, they're very high refresh rates. Right. And yeah. also, <laughs> you know, in my testing 5800, X versus 5800 X3D. It was a it was a good clip, more efficient, right? Because lower clocks, and then the performance losses weren't as bad, all things considered. In some things, so it kind of works, kind of works out. And then it may not necessarily be stacked on the die, but maybe the cache is just somewhere else connected through some super fast, you know, improved die F or something. Infinity Fabric for people or not, so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just, yeah, it was just a a little thought we had never really talked about. So, well, interesting you're, thought. You're a creator, Adam. Would you would you go for? Would you ever say like, you know what? I I really need if I can get a 17 inch laptop, 1610, 
high res panel that just screams as like gives me near desktop performance. Would you is that worth the is that worth the wait penalty? It, uh, no, no, because I, I like the portability. I, I feel like four, four to four and a half is my sweet spot personally. Like, I, I think for me, I'm okay to sacrifice some performance. Or, okay, there's two, two different. There's the editing performance, the real time performance, right? I don't want to sacrifice that. But if it means the 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 actual like encode is going to be twice the length, eh, I'm okay. You know, especially if it's like, yeah. you know, if we're at a trade show and I'm cutting, you know, like a, a ten minute video. Oh, instead of five minutes, it's going to take ten minutes to render. Whatever, I you know, I'm okay to sacrifice that. I don't want to sacrifice the the actual editing performance, which I think is is going to be fine on most of these anyway. So, yeah, that's. Hmm. And also, like, I feel like heavy editing on a laptop is going to be nerfed compared to a desktop to a certain degree anyway. Which why is, is why, that? which is why I I think some of well because of the thermal limitations, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like I. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about the the actual export. You know, if you if if I'm exporting, if I plan on exporting a full nerd episode, you know, <laughs> that is sometimes like a half hour export. No matter what, I mean, it's it's going to get <laughs> it's going to be nerfed to to some degree over a, a desktop system. So, you know, I I already expect in my mind a laptop is going to be kind of a little bit limited on that. So, especially if there was. I mean, that was one of the things with the X3D parts is that, hey, for content creation and production workloads and stuff, you're not really seeing a benefit there. But on the gaming side, you would. So in my mind, actually, that would work in a laptop because I want better gaming in a laptop. And I already think the performance for content creation is already backed off anyway. I'm okay to sacrifice that. So me that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Laptops. And basically, they are all they are all compromised. Right. Laptops are there's compromises everywhere so yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's something i thought about um yeah uh a uh, friend of the show lehman wales says uh, again uh yes if you can run it 30 percent less power at 20 percent less clocks but hit the same fps maybe right you know so that, that, that'd be an interesting proposition um and uh, Vignesh, friend of the show, Vignesh says uh, the cache saves power since you don't have to to go out to memory as as often. So you know, could be yeah, yeah, huh? Interesting. <laughs> okay, maybe we're onto something. Uh, also, VC Jester gave us two super chats. First one is five five dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, Adam makes Willis do all the heavy work and carry the heavy gear. Yep, that's right. He, <laughs> it's true. he hasn't been it. to a trade show with us yet, so uh, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I hope he's he's working out. In you know, his, in his off time. The uh, thing that occurs to me that should be mentioned too is they basically busted out these two new parts, and that's and you know it is an investor call. It's for people in suits in Wall Street that make a lot of money. They probably want to. It just again just needs to be reinforced to normal people. And enthusiasts is laptops are where the bulk of the market is. Oh, yeah. it's where a lot of the money is Ooh, to be yeah. made. And desktops, it even though it is a loud and proud audience, it's still fairly small compared to the overall laptop market. So that's why they probably want to bring it up. Definitely. Uh, also, VC Jester uh, gave us a two dollar super chat. Said uh, back when Gordon was young, he had HR puffin stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that is. Oh, <laughs> they're just Sounds you know familiar. they're a true classic. You know, like it's a different era of cartoons. So very. Um, and, uh, and actually, H and R Puffin stuff was like wasn't that live action? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, Demo Fighter gave us a $2 super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, and said, uh, do you think these kind of laptops will kill devices like the Steam Deck? No. They're very different. Yeah. No, very, very different. totally different thing. Very different yeah. use case. And, you know, the Steam Deck is the real magic is the price. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, and. uh Uh, Peter Jansen asked me, uh, uh, Adam, uh, here, my question for you. Why does it matter if the render takes a bit longer? You can use the, uh, computer for something else while you're rendering, right? That's true. Yeah. Well, back, 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 back in the day, back in my day, (laughs) I'm I'm not even that old to this, but for me, like when, when I first started, it was very much a render took over your system. So it was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm queuing up a render. I ain't going to do anything else on this while it renders. I'm just going to go walk away and do something. But you're right. I mean, that, nowadays it's just like, oh, I got a render going. I can open up Photoshop, make the thumbnail for it. I can start, you know, doing something else. like, yeah, it, yeah, I do remember specifically being like, okay, I, well, I've got a render. That means I got to walk, walk away from the system for, for a minute. <laughs> that's, that's a relatively new development. Like you'd have to walk away from that system as recently as like three or four years ago. Like it's only recently that this is even possible, which is great. I think probably 2017, you could even say, because that's when Zen yeah. one showed up because yep. most people had quad core at best yeah. for consumer yep. build, yeah. maybe six if they could afford it. So it was really, that was that game changer. Just getting the lowering the value of course. Definitely. All right. Uh, Cool. I guess we'll wait and see. What, what do you What do you think? You think this is CES timeframe announcement? When do the AMD usually talk about laptop parts? CES. CES. Yeah, and they would... just announced that Lisa Sue's going to have the keynote at CES as well. Ooh, wow! They just announced that in the last day or two. So I won't be surprised if they show it off to some degree at CES. Because yeah, they've been doing the laptops earlier in the year, typically. Like Ryzen six thousand just came out in the last mm-hmm. month or two. So CES is the perfect time to show off something like that. Although the, on their timeline. the roadmap that they released was basically 2023 for all the, <laughs> it's, it's like, could be December 31st, could be January 1st of 2023, it looks like. Oh, if you look at it, no, because if you look at it, it's laid out the enthusiast desktop in that slide. Raphael crosses over into 2022. Yeah. Uh, Rembrandt stops both in 2022 and they just have Dragon Range of Phoenix for 2023. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a CES announcement, actually. No, at that slide. I, I agree. I, I think that would be the natural place because, again, you want to get ahead of if Intel's coming out a hard on with eight core, you know, 16 core CPUs for laptops, they want to be there, too. So earlier is always better since it is super important. But I'm just saying the actual there's no actual requirement. Like I look at no. this as like 2023. Yeah. So. And it has been hard. I think one of the problems with a lot getting like Ryzen 6000 laptops, I think it's just been hard to, we are getting it. We are a little bit in supply constraint again, where you're not able to get the laptops uh, out of Asia to, to the U S. So there's yep. been a lot of the supply issues again, because you know, there, there haven't been a lot of Ryzen 6000 laptops available. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we haven't even gotten in a ton, you know, to cover either. So. Nope. No, well, there. I mean, there's a lot of announcements that have just recently come, but you know, I can tell you, if I were to look at what I've been told about and briefed about, it's there will be a lot. It's just taking longer than expected. It looks yep. like. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, let's that that 
that chat didn't take longer than expected. Uh, we're, no. we're right on time to get some Q&A before we have a, a hard out uh, mm-hmm. at the top of the hour. So I'm going to go over to the Q&A. There we go. And uh, say, so, yeah, if you have a question uh, for us right now, uh, get it in uh, in the, huh. the live chat and at PC World. Uh, what's up? HR prepping stuff was indeed live action. Yeah. In my head, it wasn't, but it totally is. Yeah, I was just Googling that while Adam was talking. I got to look now because, I mean, yeah. that's one of those things where I may have it's watched it on a black and, and white TV. Oh. Okay, I'll have to look that up. Um, if you're listening to the, or watching this later, uh, there's a link to our uh, the Full Nerd Discord in the description. Go over there. There's a Full Nerd Questions uh, section, and I will uh, I will hold on to them to, to read here on the show. Uh, the first one came in earlier uh, from the, the live uh, with from from Peter Jansen said um, with Ram we have the same problem. These companies. In the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was during the the Visa. Uh, discussion mm-hmm. with ram we have the same problem these companies n- neglect to give us the specs which dies and controller they used uh yada yada essential information for the user do you think this could ever there'd be a, ever like a certification kind of thing on on the ram side man i'm sorry i'm still looking at this picture <laughs> 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 well i think those i think those specs are See, like these Visa specs, those are things that people buy at a monitor are going to be looking for that specifically. Some enthusiasts, like the kind of people who would watch the full nerd, care about memory controllers and whether she's in Samsung B-Die and stuff like that on memory. But in general, I don't think 99% of people even want to see that. So I would love to see that stuff more in the spec sheets listed, but I don't think there will ever necessarily be a certification around stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it really, they all, all the, all the module makers, especially at the high end, they, they usually pretty much, it, it's every, every single little detail is published for people, for those, for the hardcore enthusiasts. So would it, would it be helpful for normal people or does a normal person just go like, I just go to, I just go to Crucial's memory finder, plug in my laptop, it tells me what to buy and I buy it. That's. I mean that that person is not going to really want to like oh I need to know what lowest latency for my memory you know it's just I don't I suppose it could be useful though but you know the problem is if you look at it when you're looking at desktop especially for the high end the motherboards are only qualified they have a list of memory that they have tested on that doesn't mean other memory won't work but that's what they have tested so if you go off their list and then you get that to work does it does it help to have another logo or sticker on there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, man, we got some really good questions coming in here. Oh, boy, uh, we got to get through these. Uh, Naga K, a uh, friend of the show, asked a great video about the Ryzen upgrades uh, from from us. Uh, the the one, you know, uh, that was a good video. Go watch it. Should you upgrade uh, to yes. Ryzen 5000? Uh, any suggestions for NVMe M.2 SSD upgrades from a 2.5-inch SSD? SATA SSD. What, what's- we have a best SSD article that we keep updated. I actually just updated a week or two ago. Uh, I would go pick one of those off of there. Unless you are moving ultra large files, uh, I don't think you necessarily even need a PCIe 4.0 SSD, although they're getting pretty affordable these days, so you might be into it. Uh, I think any well-rated uh nvme ssd like you'll be good to go with right now I, th- I believe that we recommend the samsung 870 or 870 evo i think is our current top pick but 
SK Hynix has a great one called the P31 that's really affordable and gives you everything you need for a good price. Like, if you're just looking to game and use your desktop like a normal person and not necessarily making all kinds of crazy videos or doing big transfers, like, you'll be happy with pretty much anything. Yeah. No, and it it is something that it is hard to quantify, right? Because it's... <laughs> It seems like is it really worth paying all the extra for a 980 Pro or a or a Corsair MP600 Pro XT, which is if if you want cream of the crop, that MP600 600 MP600 XT is the one to get. I mean, they're pretty screaming, so it feels like it'd be nice. But I I do want yeah yeah I I I would say I'm with you, Brad, on that too because it's just like. You know, for a lot of people, if you're just doing normal stuff, an, any good NVMe drive is fine. But I would sometimes I just think I'd want to spend the extra money for one of these <laughs> these nice lux, luxury SSDs to 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 see if I could whatever. Because there are just sometimes when it just kind of pisses you off and things are a little slow sometimes. So, but they are yeah. there. There is this. There is a big big price markup for the high end so but the game performance i mean i actually my my game library is off a a sad ssd still you know so i mean yeah maybe maybe a little change down the line but well i mean i like i have a big four terabyte qvo samsung qvo drive right you know so just like all right put everything on that i'm good and then if i need to i just swap it to a different system i know i'm a little different you know because sometimes i try out different systems and and test that out so Maybe I'm a little different, but no, you know, and a lot of people they'll they still boot to a primary SSD and then they store all their games on a hard drive because you know, yeah, ten terabyte hard drive is like you know cheap. Just download relative. all your games, <laughs> so that is nice, but it does it does kill your performance. I will say again, citing the testing I did, this is only applying to USB interfaces, but um, gaming generally likes uh, low Q depth performance, so. Uh, if you believe the the 3D mark, you know, uh, disk traces of, of the gaming workloads, you want a drive that gives you really good QDEF performance, like an Optane drive. But it's, I don't think most people would really notice a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Although I sat a drive, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> if you have this high end PC, but then you're storing your games on SATA, just it, to me, it would just feel wrong because. No, I think SATA is still great for... I have a SATA drive for kind of like bulk storage, like you were talking about hard disk drives. I just have a big SSD that I throw them on because you still get 90% of the speed boost from using that without having to pay up for NVMe. And the games that I play heavily or most often, I just install on the NVMe drive. Oh, yeah, so that's a good way. Also, I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, me and we've talked about this before. I, I like having just, just an OS boot drive, and I'm fine with a small... NVMe drive on that, but then I, uh, you know, my my all my projects, uh, my work, my, you know, my work projects go on one NVMe drive. I have my games on a, a SATA SSD. I have a spinning platter drive that actually backs up my work drive uh, throughout the day. You know what I mean? So like I I I kind of I like segmenting where my things are. So yeah, I uh, wonder if that's starting to change as we get to. I mean, the the CPUs now are just so stupidly fast. I'm kind of wondering. If all of the sort of like, you know, you've seen the test NVMe versus SATA SSD, it's definitely NVMe NVMe is faster for level loads. Is it spectacularly faster? You know, not that much. I mean, not like the jump from a spinning platter to an SSD. Yeah, that's where you see the huge difference. But (laughs) I'm wondering if as we get to these faster and faster CPUs, whether 
we're actually going to finally see like, oh, you really do need, you know, a Gen 4 drive that's just got crazy amounts of, of, of uh, transfer speeds. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got it. We got a lot of questions here. Uh, the Linux 3214 uh, said, uh, what will be the last GPU generation that is compatible for their ATX 2 PSU system running a 9900K? What do you, what do you think? How, how long can they hold on to that 9900K? Oh, are, and still, you know, like the, yeah, but like, oh, hey, you know, NVIDIA 4000 or 40 series or 50 series. Right. What, what do you think? What, what do you think is going to be like, oh, you know what? This 900K is going to start bottlenecking. Oh, I, this thought was- I, I think it's not going to be the 9900K. He's asking about the power supply, I yeah. think, because it just switched to ATX 3.0. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that it depends on what segment of the graphics card market you swim in. Like, if you're the kind of person who goes out there and buys a 6900 XT or a 3090, I wouldn't be surprised if you need to upgrade your power supply next generation. But if you're someone who typically buys a $150 to $500 graphics card, you'll get a few more generations out of it, I think. Yeah, I, I agree there, too. I think it's it's this. it takes a long time before people want to throw everybody overboard. It's really hard. So mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine quite a while because you know there will be a point where you're like you know this 9900k is like this thing is dog slow i need to get rid of it probably then it'll it'll be done but at the very high end it'll Mm -hmm. it could potentially be an issue but we'll see we'll see yeah okay uh man so many good questions uh skeet sayer says uh why is there so much hate for the 6500 xt i just got one for 229 canadian uh, so I don't know what that translates to, uh, and it rocks for 1080p uh, 200 gaming. What? Yeah, it does. Wait, 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 can you read that one again, Adam? I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Why is there so much hate for the 6500 XT? Well, actually, you know what? I you know what I got in. I, I have it in the box over there. I should go grab it. Uh, you know what? Yeah, answer this question. I'll go grab it. I think it's. I think it relates to what Elena said, and it wasn't. People poured all of their anger and frustration onto the 6500 XT because the world of of PC gaming and supplies of GPUs had gotten so bad that you had to be happy with a GPU that was literally would have been $150 four years ago. But the fact that you could buy that now for $250 is just something that broke a lot of people. And I I think I understand that frustration. But that also we understand the reality that it was a terrible, terrible situation we're in. If you're looking for, we're starting to see some graphics cards start to get back down to MSRP these days. But if you're looking for a sub two hundred and fifty dollar graphics card, that's pretty much still your only option. And I think the fact that you know it does hold up pretty good for 1080p gaming, especially if you're playing over, if you're playing with the kind of reasonable graphic settings that you would use on a thing like that, you wouldn't want to crank everything to ultra. But the fact that it is comparable performance to a $200 card from several generations ago, you know, the fact that it does have not as many PCIe lanes, stuff like that, that could hurt performance a bit on PCIe 3.0. I can get why some people are upset about it. Like, but those people are, like Gordon said, not understanding that then is then, now is now. That's a good graphics card for these days. Well, yeah. and, uh, I mean, what what else I heard a lot too around the reviewer community is that like, oh, it's so much better to just go out and buy a a used card, you know, uh, of of an older generation and be like, oh, hey, you know, a, a, I can't remember what it was like a 
D eight five eighty. Right, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, hey, yeah. you know, going out and buy a used card, you're going to get more, way more bang for your buck. And actually, I, I, I agree with that. If you can, like, for me, like, if, or if, if I'm, you're comfortable with it, true, true. You know, it's so it's like, yeah, you're right. Performance per dollar, you could go out and and buy you know an older thing and get better performance. I totally get that, but I am not me personally. I'm not going to recommend that to to somebody who doesn't know anything about buying GPUs in the first place. Right. You know, if if yeah. they're comfortable just buying something new, it's like all right, you know, hey, and maybe I'll give a caveat. Hey, just so you know, if you want to poke around, there there are better older options. But I, I guarantee the you know like people in my family, uh, you know or extended family or friends, you know, who are just not comfortable building a PC or maybe it's their first PC. It's just easier to be like, okay, you know what? This is, this is new. Don't worry about it. You, yeah. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and I mean, use- if you have $200 to spend on a graphics card, like that's your $200 that you have to spend on a graphics card. You probably saved up that money. Like that's your purchase. Uh, I personally even would be much more comfortable getting a 6,500 XT brand new with a warranty for $200 as opposed to a five-year-old 580 that who knows how hard it's been driven, who knows if it's been used for Bitcoin mining, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no. And also, you know, buying used is a lottery system. You don't, there's plenty of bad experiences with buying used. Sometimes you go on Craigslist and you end up like, (laughs) you end up with a box with a brick in it. So there's, there's a lot of people that are extremely uncomfortable with that. So I, I, I don't get that you can recommend that to everybody. So that, to me, that wasn't a realistic answer for, especially mm-hmm. like Brad said, like some kid has been saving for a year and a half for $200 mm-hmm. graphics card. And you're going to tell them to roll the dice on an eBay buy. I, that is no. that, that kid is, you know, if that ends up as, as a dud, what does that kid do? They're just heartbroken. So I, I, it was just a, it was, it, it's, it's Batman. It's, it was a, it was a, it was the hero you deserve, not the hero you, you needed. Right. So that, that does mm-hmm. unfortunately. What what the reality of the sixty five hundred XT was, and I, I don't think people should have hated but, on it the way they did. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. Whoever asked that question, I forget your name. Sorry, uh, it's uh, Gordon because I typed it. Have myself. fun. <laughs> uh, and, and also, yeah. So so what I went to go grab was uh, I, I I bought a uh, an XFX Swift one hundred five with the it's the RX sixty four hundred I I've got right here. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because the some of the YouTubers <laughs> I follow like. You know, you see the the high, you know, the 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 popular mainstream YouTubers, you know, just like crap all over cards like this or six five hundred XT. But there's other YouTubers that I follow too that are just like, oh man, this is great. It's low profile. Like, sure, it's not necessarily the best, but you know, like there's it's it is interesting to see all these varying opinions. Some people are just like, oh yeah, this is cool, especially if you're just doing. Um, you know a classic uh you know if you're just emulating classic games like this is awesome you can do a a cool little box it's so so small oh you want to see how big it is no no because i'm like that box is basically that video card says it's like it should have been in a blister pack at fries (laughs) you're like oh i'm gonna get a pack of gum and get the 6400 look at that box uh, my my microphone is bigger than this (laughs) it's not even the card because i understand but like i've seen bigger boxes with Slim profile cards. Oh, What's true. up with they were like trying to save cardboard in that box? Look yeah, at that thing. I have no, well, it, maybe uh, shipping shipping is expensive. I know. <laughs> I, I I just it's funny to see like that box looks like it could like that card really could just have been in a blister pack. You know, it just, it <laughs> when, when we get the graphics cards in blister packs, that'll be a that'll be a new world. So. Uh, Okay. Uh, um, here we go. Uh, 
Rob Music uh, says, uh, I currently have a 2600X on an Asus Tough B450 Plus gaming motherboard. I'm thinking of upgrading to a 5800X non-3D, but have concerns about the VRM, VRM capabilities of that B450M Plus. Should they be okay? Check your motherboard manufacturers. To make sure it supports 5000. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you would hope that they did their homework. I don't know if they did, um, to be honest. But when, when should you worry about v, VRMs? Obviously, if you're going to be overclocking, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll assume a non-overclocker. I think you would be okay most of the time. We'll have, you know, again, you don't know because somebody. Well, I mean, what would happen? What, what's the job. what's the worst case scenario if if they are are bad VRMs? You you it'll throttle it. It'll throttle the hell out of the the performance of the CPU. Fifty eight hundred isn't exactly a high wattage part though, so I think mm. you would be okay. I would mm. think that the manufacturer said, "Oh, we've we've now validated the BIOS to to do this and." So you're probably okay, but you may want to go out and read to see what other people are saying. But I'm an, my but, my bet is eighty percent you'll be fine. Uh, they they do uh, clarify that uh, it does support Ryzen five thousand and the BIOS has been updated. Yeah, so let's hope they did their homework. So I I'm you know, and again I bet even like <laughs> and by by your homework you mean the motherboard manufacturer certified that a Ryzen five thousand part in there will not have thermal throttling. Well, you hope the engineer who designed the motherboard sort of anticipated the power requirements and didn't under-engineer it um, for whatever many reasons there are, and then you are now throttling that part, there, you're probably okay. But, you know, there's also this argument that I bet a 5800 somewhat throttled from power might actually still be faster than that 2600 part. Well, you got to remember that uh, these Ryzen processors have been getting more efficient, too. That's the same number of cores and threads. And I just looked in the 2700X and the 50. 800x both are 105 watt tdps so if your 2700x was running fine in there i would think that the 5800x would as well it was a 2600x they're running no same same thing yeah 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 Yeah, you're probably fine right if you're really worried about it go look for uh, a review of that particular motherboard yeah uh, <clears throat> all right, we're running out of time here. Uh, man, there's so many good questions. Uh, real quick, uh, J- Jassy S. Uh, real quick, when do you think the GTX 10 series will stop getting driver updates? Uh, five to seven years after it came out. They still update so, seven, seven series. They just dropped, I think seven. They just dropped Kepler. Oh, okay. so well, that's a bummer. I, w- I, w- I think you got another two, two or three years maybe out of there. Okay. I don't know. Time's so weird in my head. <laughs> it's hard to. T- when did those come out? But yeah, I, I would think you've got another couple of years out of them at least. Do you, you know, to me, what's interesting. So when they stop updating the drivers, that just means they stopped optimizing for that card. But they still, yeah. they still offer the driver. And I'm gonna. I would imagine. I have to. Was when there was a major OS change? Did they support? I'm trying to think if they cut anybody off. I think they're all During still supporting. During Windows supported. 11? Yeah. yeah no, they didn't cut anybody off. Yeah. Uh, also, VC Jester gave us a $5 super chat. I totally forgot. Said uh, he's he's calling you out, Gordon, uh, who ranted during the GPU of the year discussion that the RTX 3080 should have won instead of an integrated graphics. Uh, he's he's calling you out about the the being being nice about the 6500 I don't I don't see any inconsistency in that at all. 3080 Ti was... And it was a TI, it wasn't a 3080, because I argued <laughs> biggest, baddest 
newest thing is the thing that I'm I to me is what you should give the prize for you know going for the brass ring. Not at the same time, not everybody can can get the best and brightest, and, and there's you have to have a practical. You also have to there's there's customers for both sixty five hundred XT. If all things should never existed, but the alternate timeline we're in is so terrible right now, I don't mind it at all. And honestly, I thought a lot of the anger was misplaced. At the same time, the the alternate timeline that the 3080 sort of exists in, like where everything is just great and you can buy all cards at below MSRP, is, is I would still argue for what is the best. I would not argue ever that 600 XT would be the best. Because it was simply mm-hmm. an ends to a, a terrible, you know, it was ends to a means, and it was it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. But what are you going to do? Got to be realistic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question. Uh, yeah, man, we could go. We should do a whole separate thing on this one. Uh, but uh, a trick shot five H O seven trick shot. Oh, it's trick shot. Jeez, sorry. Yeah. Trick <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Uh, said uh, Linus recently re- released a video reminiscing on Max PC articles. Is there any article that Gordon would like to share a story on? First off, I will say we actually are planning on doing a Gordon reacts video to Linus's video. So if you if you want to see Gordon expand on some of the things Linus talked about, uh, yeah, check that out. But I think we should have it up next week. Um, but yeah, is there any specific article, Gordon, that, that you'd like to share a story on? I, I've I've got one from from somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there's so many because it, it, for me, it, I was at Max and PC for a very, very long time. And, and real was, quick, actually, Brad, if you if you needed to uh, jump out, yeah, I okay. think um, probably that there were so many memories. The Skull Trail board. There's some interesting stories, backstories to that. Um, I'll try to get into somewhere else, but I think probably that top technology story, like the top 100 PC technologies of all time. I so the way it worked is we all got in the room and we all argued with each other for two to three hours over what what goes where. Do we move something down the list, up the list? I was firmly, firmly against USB being at the top of that list. That that it wasn't the most influential. Yeah, at the time because I just felt like it's like come on, this is like oh my god, you know what's awesome is the. AC power connector that you plug into your wall. I just felt like <laughs> this is not something you're like, this is like, yeah, we are going to very classic. Gordon. Like the two prongs. Yeah. The two prongs. That was so class. I was like, this is like, so it's like integrated graphics, integrated graphics <laughs> to me is not what, or you the know, my boat. and, and I was like, I was adamantly against that. And I don't remember when the hell that was like 10 or 12 years ago. And, you know, looking back, I would, I would agree, you know, the, the process worked. I was overruled and Honestly, I was wrong. USB, if you had to go back in time and eliminate some things from that list like they never existed, USB, clearly, if you remove USB from this world, the the impacts of removing USB would have been huge. So yeah. I, I was wrong. Well, what, was, did you remember what your what your pick was? What, what would you have picked? Well, there were a lot of things because, you know, you know, that article is biased toward PC-centric. So that's why some things were on there because it was PC-centric. You know, there's Doom, there's Quake, there's all those things, and video cards and OSs and all that. But I do you remember, do you remember what I the article remember. was called? I, he's a top 100. I was I was firmly against that. Oh man, I, uh, I can't find it because it was USB. It was just felt like he's like really <laughs> you're going to celebrate. I mean, the light bulb is the time invention <laughs> of the year. I say, yeah, okay, I guess maybe, but you know, change lives. It did, but it just felt like that's <laughs> like. 
Well, we got this. We got the we got splitting of the atom, and we got the light bulb. Let's let's pick <laughs> light bulb. That feels kind of underwhelming to me. Or we have teleportation or space traveler landing on the moon, but you're going to pick the light bulb. <laughs> also, uh, so a friend of the show, Jihad Joe, uh, comments the the uh, bitchin' fast uh, 3D 2000. We were actually talking about that. The that article was uh, from our, our EIC uh, John Phillips, uh, who wrote that. He he works here uh, at PC World, uh, and yeah, he 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 still looks back uh, on that one with fond memories. And then also somebody made a version of that card. I thought it was real because I, I saw a YouTube video. I was like. Oh well, then this thing was real, but then Gordon, Gordon just told me that it was. Uh, no, it's it all real, fake. Adam. It's all oh, real. It's all real, man. I'm on the internet. It must be true. God, I want a bitchin' fast 3D 2000 card. <laughs> Dang it! Exactly. It's incredible. Right now, go to your go to look up Captain's Workshop. It's incredible, bitchin' fast 3000. <laughs> and he has other things that are like, oh my god, it's incredible, <laughs> really incredible. That guy's. I don't know if he's like, he's all rendered because it looks incredible. I mean, I. <laughs> amazing anyway uh cool yeah we, we we should talk about the past more often gordon and i have, have talked you know what we we should we should make like a series or something where, where we talk more about past stuff uh articles or products or yeah yeah definitely. things like that so yeah well more, more to come with that anyway uh gordon we, we got to get out of here so why don't you take us out oh and, and thanks everybody for the the, the comments but we, i got a ton of them uh i'm gonna hold on to the discord ones for for next week so Yep. So check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And also, if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review. Every time you do, someone will say McDonald's coffee is better mm. than, what's that, donut place? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Same questions in the comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Someone will check them one of these days. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. America runs on Dunkin'. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna Pekumura is going to hit the off switch. Uh, you know, I like uh, Spectre says, uh, is USB really more important than the network interface? I mean, come on, internet, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> FireWire 800. Bye.